Hello and welcome to episode 151 of Dude and a Monkey. I'm going to just own my hair again. My name is Ian Lyon and as always I am joined by... Uh, Matt Voss there in desperate need of a haircut. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely getting that way. Even though like it's annoying because I'm at a time where my thin, uh, hair's thinning. Yeah, and I'm it's the kind, same. kind of just like, what's the bloody point? I'm not going to have it soon. Yeah, I, I'm, it while it lasts. I'm at that point where I, I where, where some days I'm tempted with the old Benjamin to go. Mm, I could just quite easily just. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stick with it for now and, and own my thinningness. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear that, but I don't know what Lottie and Donna are up to downstairs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, I don't know. It, it's going. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think give it a couple of years, I'm going to look very different. But <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So we are. Um, sorry, I'm fucking. I'm kind of knackered. I'm I've, like been training for like I'm doing the Cardiff half marathon in April, and it's age uh, not April October, and it's ages away. But I'm I'm starting to like go up to 10k level again, and I did a run yesterday and a run today and it's really really kicked my ass so i'm feeling quite out of it which isn't going to be helped by the fact i'm drinking but um <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see how it goes sorry yeah we uh, becky took up running um today uh, which meant that I, I had to start going out with her as well uh so yeah i was up at um, six this morning uh running as well um so yeah that's gonna be me three times three four times a week now i'm gonna get up at six to go out running with becky yeah i well i was out at like 10 so it wasn't that bad but um bex won't go out won't go out if anyone might see her until she's got better at it <laughs> fair enough I so for the first see, yeah. few the first few for the first few weeks it'll be six and then it'll move up to a more reasonable time it yeah. would, i would hope I'm not getting up at six o'clock fucking three times a week. <laughs> she can stack on her own. No, I mean, yeah, well, no, quite. I mean, Christ, I look like a bell end by the time I'm at the end. But it was just, I did one today where it was five minute warm up walk, 10 minute run, one minute rest, 10 minute run, two minute rest, 10 minute run, three minute rest, four minute run, 10 minute, uh, sorry, four minute rest, 10 minute run, five minute cool down. So it was 50 minutes of running. Yeah. Like interspersed and. I did a 10k in Cardiff a couple of years back, but that's the most I think I've actually run total since that day. Ooh. So like, because I just dropped straight back to 5k after that. So yeah. yeah um, but the, the 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 app I'm using is pretty good. It seems to be building up my stamina quite nicely. But it just two in two days was rough. Yeah, left you a bit weary, a bit weepy and weary. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. But God, works works an interesting time at the moment because i'm training new people and it's um quite intense so but yeah so anyway enough about me how are you doing mark yeah not too bad i've been having, having an insanely busy week coupled with the fact that uh, I, I was pretty ill um which being ill it, it isn't too bad unless you're on your own business because you can't ring in sick because you'll be ringing yourself going yeah, I, I can't get into work today. Well, you have to do because no fucker else is going to come in if you don't come in. Oh, mm. Fucking hell, all right, I'll come in. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had to, I had to um, and the worst thing was we had a really packed week. Um, so I did five days worth of uh, fittings in three days whilst feeling like I had plague. And they, nice. were, really, they were really mucky fittings as well. <laughs> mucky? Yeah. Uh, one of them was in a... Um, uh, a house that got damaged by the floods um, and we were putting a, a flu liner down um, 
and the chimney hadn't been swept for like a hundred odd years um and so your standard kind of sandbag size bag um we keep them for, for putting like rubble and stuff in um we filled three of those with just the soot and stuff that came down the chimney breast when we were putting the oh, flu liner down. Oh. And if you imagine, it was only the, the, the flu liner's that, if you imagine the flu liner, and this people who are getting the, the video of this, uh, the flu liner is about eight inches wide, um, and the actual flu was just over nine inches wide. So you had to, essentially, I had to pull it down on a rope from the bottom as the other guy was feeding it in from the top. Um, going down so I had to gently pull it down as it was going so if you just yank it he'll, <laughs> he'll end up wobbling and falling off a roof so I'm pulling it down as all of this soot is just fo- and these bricks are just falling all over me and I'm going <laughs> and then after it you just I, I sneezed it in my hand and it was just black oh Christ <laughs> it was horrible yeah uh, so I, 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 I then uh, I had two of those I had one exactly the next day I thought it was going to be right clean as it came down it did exactly the same so yeah so it, it's been an interesting week but, but kind of fun nice nice um, so on this week's show, and I hope you feel better anyway. Um, I do, thank you much, yeah. No, um, on this week's show, we are going to be reviewing uh, the latest in uh, a line of hyped-up horror. Um, it's Dave Eggers' Sundance sensation from last year, The Witch. Um, so that's taken ages to come out over here. Or it might have been South by Southwest, one of the two, probably. probably. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, so The Witch. Uh, we'll also talk about some uh, what we watched and some trailers and some general stuff. Um, so, yeah, dudeandamonkey at gmail.com, at Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, at Dudeandamonkey, and uh, Mark, trailers. Trailers, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the big one at the end, uh, I would assume. Um, sure. So, uh, A Hologram for the King, uh, Tom Hanks uh, drama, where... He goes to uh, Saudi Arabia um, to pitch a hologram um, conferencing software uh, to the Saudi king or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does look like one of those horrible kind of fish-out-of-water dramas where he falls in love with a local woman, but their cultural differences are what is it. And it's, uh, God, it's seriously... The, the trailer is, is is painful enough to watch on its own. Um, it, it's strange with Hanks because he doesn't do that much anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of think, oh, you know, he doesn't do that much anymore, but then occasionally he crops up in a Bridge of Spies, for instance. A still not watched it, but uh, what I'm guessing is a very sort of classy affair and a very, you know, it's a Steven Spielberg movie, let's be honest. It, it, it's got all that going for it. But then he crops up in these this weird kind of little film, uh, which might be fantastic. Don't be wrong, it, you know, it might just be a bad trailer. But yeah, it does look a little bit really. And we had done that a fair few times. Uh, trailer for one more time: the uh, Amber Heard Christopher Walken movie. Uh, Christopher Walken plays a musician, uh, an aging musician who's decides to come back uh, and start recording music again. Uh, and Amber Heard plays his edgy daughter um so yeah it's it looks good apart from amber heard who had so much promise when she first started and has kind of fizzled out a little bit uh and in this it it looks like she's rocking every single misunderstood cliche um out there uh it's yeah the trailer it looks all right 
if you took her out of it, but sadly she looks like she's essentially the main character in the movie. Mm. Uh, have you seen the trailer for that? No, no, no. I, 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 I won't rush to it. Uh, what else is there? Uh, pop star, uh, never stop, never stopping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you've seen this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued about the movie uh, for the simple fact is it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be really, really funny, or it's going to be really, really boring. And have one or two moments where you go, <laughs> and the I, rest of it is just this. This has gone on too long now. I think it's going to be barely a film, but I'm going to trust the people behind Hot Rod. Yeah, that, that's that's my thing. It, it, it does look quite amusing. Did you, did you watch the Red Band trailer? Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, it, it, in that film. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that could be that could be quite interesting. Uh, and obviously, finally, uh, have you got any other ones to add? And then we'll get to the, the, yeah, the main I, event, I suppose, of the trailer week. Yeah, I got a couple actually. Um, so um, the new one from Mike Flanagan, director of Absentia, Ab- Absentia, yeah, Absentia and the Oculus. Um, Hush. Both good films. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so, Hush, it's a Blumhouse film. Um, I think it's going straight to Netflix in the US, if I remember correctly. So, I think it'll probably be VOD over here. Uh, interesting premise. It's about the, uh, a, 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 bli- a, a blind... No, a deaf and mute. That was it. A deaf and mute um, author, I think she is, who... Um, is basically in this like isolated place and somebody's outside trying to kill her. Um, and the trailer like sets it up really nicely. Um, quite a creepy moment. And it kind of seems like she's going to find out pretty early on that this person's there and then it's just going to be hit her versus this person. And I'll watch that for like an hour and 20 minutes, no problem. Yeah, happily. Um, so yeah, I, I've got trust in Flanagan, so yeah, should be interested. And uh, the latest from uh, Leica um, of uh, Paranorman and Box Trolls and Coraline fame. Um, oh, gosh. Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh uh, yes, yeah, I watched trailer for this the other week. Yeah, yeah, this looks really interesting. Um, yeah. I'd I, I like really, really good voice cast as well. Um, mm. I, I yeah, I'll watch a kid team up with a monkey. And, and that, like the kid's got this two-stringed instrument that seems to be able to conjure things into life. I watch yep. that shit all day long. Yeah, looks absolutely. good. Yeah. So, um, and um, I think I wasn't massive on Coraline, but I really liked Paranorman and straight up loved the Box Trolls. So um, I've still seen the Box Trolls actually, and, and I the thing is, I, I really liked Coraline on first watch, and on second watch, I decided, you know what, I don't need to see it again. Um, and I really liked Paranormal the, the couple of times I've watched it um, so I don't know why I've got out of the box troll actually I think I'll have to get around to that at some point very soon terrific fun it's the box troll so yeah no, I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward to like uh, to uh, Kubo and the Two Strings if, if Lots was a uh, a few years older I, t- I would take her to see that but I think it's maybe a bit too a bit too early yeah 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 but um, yeah okay the big one the big one, uh, Captain America uh, Civil War, uh, the second trailer uh, for uh, it. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm up for uh, Captain America uh, Civil War, which we, sh- we should, they should just drop the Captain America and just call it fucking Civil War and stop pretending it's a cap film. Um, it's, it's essentially, it, it's 
and we've said it before, it's we're sorry about Avengers 2 here, have a great movie. Mm. Um, and I'm very much up for it. This trailer gives an awful lot, or seemingly gives an awful lot away. It very much sets the stall of the film. Absolutely. There's no, unequivocally no kind of not understanding that this is them against each other and these are the two sides, etc. Um so I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good trailer, but I did think I didn't need to know all of those bits that they, they could have happened in the movie, and I'd have quite happily uh, got to see it anyway. I think they seem to be they seem really hard selling this movie, which, yeah. which is strange because you know, I mean, it's not strange, but it's just people are going to see this movie as long as you make them aware that it's out there, and then of course you've got the uh, CGI demand. Um, arrival at the end yeah i um i i had to refer to noel on that well on on the cgi spider-man because i thought if that's just really true to the comics then i'm fine with that if that's just their new suit oh the costume's fine and i I just quite like the costume uh it's just the cgi nature of it it, 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 yeah, it looks it, it it looks incredibly CGI. One of the I remember one of the key criticisms people had of uh, the the Amazing Spider-Man was that it, it looked like a computer game that looked like literally a computer game bit when he drops in. Um, I, I don't, it, it felt a little bit it felt a little bit out of place to be honest in the trailer, which is really weird. I I think it's basically because. There's, there's, there's nothing else in that trailer. I'm sure there's loads of new footage, but it feels like there is nothing else in that trailer that's telling you anything that the previous one or two trailers, however many there have been for this, have done. It feels to me that it's just they want to get people talking about Spider-Man being mm. in it, and um, they want to slightly piss on Batman versus Superman's chips. I mean, I it would have been amazing if they just dropped this in a couple of weeks before Batman versus Superman opened. That would have been hilarious. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it, it feels like they're just trying to say, right, this is why you should go and see this film because Spider-Man's in it. And that's the pop culture talk, which is going to take over from Batman versus Superman. It, I don't know. It, it feels, I don't, it, it, oh, obviously it's calculated because it's marketing, but I like the trailer, but I think it's interesting that all anybody is talking about is Spider-Man. Yeah, it, it does feel a little bit... It, it feels a little bit like the, that they might be setting themselves up for a bit of a fall. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. With I, it. Well, let's say if people do, because they're, 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 they're strongly advertising that, with the Spider-Man element. What if people go out and he's in it for three, four minutes? Then you'll end up with, hey, there should be more Spider-Man, there should be more Spider-Man, why wasn't Spider-Man in it more? And you'll, you'll end up with that. It, it just feels a little bit... It felt, I don't know, it just felt a little bit strange. I like, I see, I like the suit, I think the suit looks great, um, to be honest, uh, for it. Um, and it'll be interesting to see see where they go with, with, with Spider-Man. But it just did feel a little bit... It felt a, a little bit like they'd done the trailer, so at the end they could go... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man! Yeah, it's been like, yeah, yeah. alright, congratulations, very good. Okay. Yeah. Could you, could, you make, could, could, you, could you have picked a better shot of him? Maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, I don't know. I'm, 
I'm up for Civil War. I, oh, I'm, I'm very up for it, yeah. You know, I, I just, I, at the moment, I'm more in a, I'm really intrigued to see how Batman vs. Superman kind of turns out, place, but give me a month or so, and I think I'll be more gearing up for Civil War, but... But Civil War's end of May, is it? End of April. End of April. Yeah. Ah, right. So, yeah, so, so it's only like, what, so, about six weeks? About five or six weeks away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks, it looks very good. Um, we'll see. I'm on to the Candy Kaiser now, by the way. We were talking <laughs> about this before the show, but... I'm right. interested to see what this is like. Oh, blimey, Charlie. Oh. Ah. I just accidentally started the Florence Foster Jenkins trailer. No, oh, got rid of it quicker than I did. Oh, nice. Okay, here we go. Hmm. 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 Oh. The smell's quite off-putting. Is it? What's it smell like? It does smell like toffee. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving this in, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, um, oh, I'm actually kind of glad I only got a couple of those. Is it not fantastic? Uh, I'm not not massive on that. I'm glad I kept the Elvis juice for the end. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, all right. Hang on. Oh my god! Like seriously, like it's immediately off-putting that smell. Does the taste represent the smell? Or smell represent the taste? Sorry, it tastes better than it smells. Ah, uh, but is, is oh, it really it, toffee? Yeah, the aftertaste is pretty rank, actually. Oh, that that that's one of my main bugbears with 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 ales. If you get a bad aftertaste. So up in my nose as well. All right, well I'm going to drink it, but <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I've only got a couple of these anyway. Oh man, I oh, God, I'm glad I didn't order nine of these. I accidentally ordered for those who aren't Mark. I accidentally <laughs> ordered nine bottles of Brewdog Santa Paws, which I'm not. I've not been a massive fan of, but compared to this, I drink that all day long. <laughs> I, I had a bit of a like a, a bit of a selection all over the place, and um, yeah, the hardcore IPA is good. Um, the jackhammer is lovely. Um, the Elvis juice is top notch. The vagabond pale ale I was just drinking then was nice, um, but I'm not super super into this candy Kaiser at all. I can see why it's a seasonal one. <laughs> they wouldn't want to put that in. Yeah, fucking seriously. Right, anyway, I'm gonna stop sniffing it now. Right. Um, so review the uh, the witch. So this is written and directed by Robert Eggers. I think I might have said Dave Eggers at the start, for which I apologise. Um, but yeah, stars. Anya. That's weird that mm? because you know the King uh, and a hologram for the King. Yeah, that's written by Dave Eggers. Oh really? Yeah, so it's quite strange that you, that you, that you said that. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> um, well shit. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I just looked on the IMDb page, but um, yeah, Robert Eggers. Um, so stars Anya Taylor Joy, Ralph Innocen, and Kate Dickey. Um, essentially. The story is uh, Ralph Winnison is the head of this family who I think it's basically he's way more hardcore religiously than the rest of the town and he gets kind of ostracized for it. That's what it would seem. Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, basically they go out to the middle of nowhere, him and his family. 
Um, the, do- uh, the oldest daughter of the family, Thomasin, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, is... This is literally in the first 10, 15 minutes and is the setup of the film. If like, if you don't want to know anything, you shouldn't listen to this review. But Yeah, we're all spoilers um, all the time. Yeah, but um, essentially, um, she's playing with her fairly newborn um, baby brother and he disappears. Um, it is shown that a witch in the woods has the, the baby brother and then things start to go to shit for the family and uh, eventually uh, Thomason is kind of the, the prime suspect, is the one causing all the misery. Uh, Mark, what do you think of the witch? Some pleasant imagery aside and a decent end five minutes. Uh, I... I... I thought it was to to Koinonianism, I thought it was absolute bobbins. <laughs> um, I, I, some decent imagery, uh, a great central performance. I must add, uh, what, what's she called again? Did you say? Uh, and you tell her joy. I thought she was she was very good. Um, the rest of it was verging on amateur dramatics at some points. If I'd have been watching it at home, I'd have turned it off. <laughs> um, if I hadn't been covering it for the podcast. I'd have walked out. It was, it was, yeah, I didn't get on with it at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> which, which is quite worrying because you really liked it, didn't you? I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. And um, yeah, I, I the, thing, the thing was, I, I wasn't looking forward to it and I knew nothing about it at all other than the title. Um, and the fact that it was the you know the horror film everyone was talking about, I knew nothing about it, and then I wasn't looking forward to it for that reason, for the fact that it was the you know it's so hot right now horror film. And then you mentioned it was really quite good, and you really enjoyed it, and I was I was really pumped to wait into it, and then I was like, okay, it'll get going soon. Did, did you? It'll did, get going soon. Wow. It'll, it'll get going soon. It'll get going soon. And then it ended. No Was that fucking it? <laughs> wow I wow I was really on edge for like pretty much the entire thing because you knew where it was going yeah and it was just how the fuck is it going to get there and don't do that and I mean like right the scene with the brother like convulsing and having his like having his like religious fervor and then dying. Amateur dramatic. My God, man! What the really? Kid, the kid doing his. Oh Jesus! I'm here. Take me. Take me into your bosom. Was was. Honestly, I was having a whole back laughter. But I kind of thought that was the. Like almost like the possession in him, like at mocking the like everyone around him. So maybe, it was maybe. actually supposed to be. That's genuinely I, how I read it. That, 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 if that's how you read it, then, then fair enough. I read it as that was the kid had hit the fucking pearly gates and died essentially. And I honestly, I that that was that that. I mean, the thing is, that is the thing about horrors. If it grips you and it gets you. 
it puts you in a completely different place. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it doesn't grip you, it doesn't get you. You're looking at you're almost quite simply looking at two different movies almost. It's it's, you, it's the it follows thing. It's it, it is, yeah. yeah it totally is that. Yeah, it, it, it's totally it. that. Um, and that is the thing with 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 horror and um and and comedy because you'll often hear people say it, it, it's like I watched a different movie. I I do sort of reading some reviews of that I do go I do sort of think. I must have watched a different movie, and it's not. It's just that it didn't have me in that space. It had, it had you in that space, and that is that's how horror kind of gets into people. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no. I mean, I one hundred percent. I take that. I mean, I just. I mean, yeah. I I, I thought the performances were all um, pretty cracking. I mean, like the the girl. I, I, I was listening to an interview on the Empire podcast yesterday as well, and she's like. Argentinian by way of America and doesn't sound northern in the slightest mm. like and like you I just thought she she was some some girl from the north that they got and she like may, must have been on like TV or something and like they they just cast like you know like Ralph Innocent just like a, basically a TV yeah act, actor who got a, a part in a film but no i mean like so her accent i thought was flawless for a fucking start but um i i, I yeah i just the i found it incredibly oppressive i thought the, the the mood of the piece which a lot of it to be fair is conjured by the sound design but not in a way that it's particularly um uh reliant on jump scares there are a couple um, but I found that it created its unsettling nature just through its being. I mean, like the, I don't know what the sound was like in your screening, but mine, it was really pretty hardcore. Like that, the early scene where like the witch is doing the stuff with the baby, I'm not going to say what, cause I'm a little worried Donna might hear. And like, it's like, I, I wonder if you've got a young kid whether that scene's going to be automatically more intense for it. Um, but that the sound in that scene was really excruciating, but knowingly so. And the same for the scene where the boys in the woods and the the, the woman kind of comes on to him. Um, yeah, the the the, the uh, Harley Witch. Yeah, again, the sound is really like cranking up in that bit but then i mean later on i like just the way that everything is going to shit and you don't know you don't really know what what who the witch has or or what what it's doing and like is black philip actually talking to those kids are the kids actually like possessed by the witch or are they actually just chatting to black philip and in the moment where the girl says to the the little girl i'm the witch like she's really intense then she's got her around the throat and it's like is the witch just kind of like taking hold of different things at different times or what exactly is going on there and i thought a lot of it was weirdly up to interpretation considering the fact you are objectively told yes there's a witch in these woods pretty early on Mm. um I, i don't know i just found it really interesting and the um the idea of um, the father being prideful and um, you know the, the, the fact is he's as guilty of ripping the family apart as anybody else because of like the, the non-truths he tells maybe not necessarily lies but non-truths to the family you know like the little thing like how that silver cup thing just kind of like 
builds and builds in the mother's mind. I, I don't. I just. I found the paranoia really well done, uh, and and coupled with some unsettling stuff. And like you said, the final five ten minutes or so is pretty stonking. From from the bit. For me, I enjoyed the final five minutes from when she, from when she goes in and starts talking to 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 Black Philip. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, like when when and from there, from there, I was like, do you know what? That's a fucking more interesting fucking movie. The 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 event. I would have preferred to watch the Adventures of Black Philip and Betsy fucking Brown Bunny or whatever she she would they would have called her. I'd have preferred to have watched that. Yeah, no, I mean, well, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I will say one thing. I was so hoping in the back in the back of my mind, it was going, if that cuts from closer to her face, to the goat talking, all will be forgiven. All will be forgiven. <laughs> and it didn't. No, I mean, I, I, no, I, I'm glad. Personally, I'm glad that didn't. I can see why you, you, you'd be glad, but, but I would yeah, have been, yeah, yeah, if, no, if, no. If, if that goat goes, so... That, <laughs> that, that voice was pretty spot on, though. That was it was good. good yeah, that it, was, it was good. good voice that moment, it, it was good imagery, and it was it looked nice, and it went back to it. It, it had a great kind of feel to it. And the first five minutes were, 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 were like that, um, but the the whole puritanical fucking thing and the godly ramblings and stuff like that just just started to grate on me after about ten minutes. I don't know. I I just I enjoyed the self righteousness and the deconstruction of the self righteousness. Um, I, I I thought that stuff was just really interesting. And I've got to say, like when she, like she kills her mum, and then she goes in that in, in, into like the the room and just like puts her head on the table and sleeps, and it cuts to black. I was thinking, like, right, if it ends there, that's going to be really disappointing. But yeah. then, but then when she woke up and it was dark, I was really 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 unsettled i was like now i kind of wish it did end there because i don't really want to see what's gonna happen next yeah and and just the way the black phillips scene the way it just keeps on her face and then you see like the person walking around in the background or whatever that Mm. was like it just oh dearie me and i like the I mean, the the ending I thought was pretty fantastic as well. The way she kind of just gives into it. Um, I mean, weirdly, it's very reminiscent of the Last Exorcism Part Two. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, which, 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 it's actually which, which is yeah a comparison I, I never thought I'd make. But um, that like the most interesting thing about Last Exorcism Part Two, the only interesting thing is the last <laughs> five minutes or so where she is possessed and she's just starting shit. Yeah. And it's like, right, that's the end of the world. Can I watch that film, please? Yeah. Um, and I, I wasn't like, I can I watch this film, please? But I'm like, right, that's a good, solid ending to this story. You know, and like the way that the hypocrisy and the Puritan nature of her family have essentially created this scenario where, you know, she's not possessed or anything like that. She's just like, yep, I do want to live deliciously. You know, yeah. which that's a great line as well. Like, yeah. uh, do you, would you like to? Do you want to? Is it? Do you want to live deliciously? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, great. And that, the, I mean, again, Black Phillips' voice. Yes, you know. I, I, I just, 
I don't know. I even this, this wasn't intended for comedy at all, but I like the way that the dad, after all of the kind of build up and stuff, he's just like standing there and it's like, right, Black Phillips just gonna fucking have him now, and it's like, boom. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, like, it just I, I, that did tickle me. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the imagery, man. I mean, like the fucking like witch, like eating out that goat's ass or whatever the hell she's doing in that one. You know, in the um, in the yeah in, in, the, the, in the stable, stable. Like, yeah when they, when they've locked the kids in there yeah I, I mean yeah just the fact that like, you're locked in with that and the the bloody oh my god the, um Kate Dickey um like the bit where the crow oh my god the crow <laughs> I, I found that really creepy I I I I actually did laugh at that bit I know okay that yeah you're t- totally because you weren't in. You yeah. just weren't in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did. I, I did love that. Just, Can I point out oh. that the, I loved that there was five other people uh, in my screening. Um, one of them I think was asleep. Mm. Another one kept on opening sweet wrappers. I don't even know if he was eating sweets. I think his hobby was just opening sweet wrappers. And another guy. I swear, I've, I have seen some things in a cinema. I have never seen what this guy was doing, right? He had the largest box of popcorn you can get at view, which is pretty fucking yeah, large, pretty right? Yeah. He'd eaten, essentially, the top third, right? And how do you eat popcorn? You go through down through the box. What do you mean? How do I eat oh. it? You, you, I said the box in one hand, in your lap, and then you put your hand in, don't you? And then you get a bit of popcorn out, and you put it in your mouth, don't you? Oh, I don't Watch know. It. I, yeah, I, that, I, that's I, how I would say pretty much the entire. How, how, how else? Because I've never seen this. He literally would just kept on lifting the popcorn tub up and pouring it into his mouth. Okay, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. And doing no. that constantly. Yeah, that's pretty off-putting. It was. It was. If if I'd have been strongly at the movie, I would have gone up to him and taken it off him. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, he kept on doing that. Can you imagine what two thirds of a bucket of popcorn pouring every fucking two minutes does to a person? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I mean, I, I just, I that and the when she just wakes up and she gets out of bed and then the son and the baby are there. I just, I, I like, I, I was just. I don't really want to see this. I like. I don't want to know where this is going. It's all a bit much for me. I like seriously. I haven't. I'm, been... I'm really. I'm, I'm genuinely glad that it really got you and it got to you. Not in like a thin that kind. Of, you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just. I, no, I mean, I'm. I'm sad that it didn't you. I just. It. I. I. I just very, very, very weirded out by the whole thing. I, that's, that's that's great. I, I, it's great that that, that, it, that it, it kind of it, it got it got you. It, like I say, it just for some reason it just it just it just didn't it never got me. With the first five minutes, it kind of did. To be honest, I was I was well on board, and then it just it, it just unraveled for me. Um, so kind of quickly, and once it did, I was yeah. Once I think when when, when a film loses you, it, it, it's it's got to do something really special to get you back. Yeah, for sure. No, I yeah, no, no, absolutely, man. I I just it's yeah, I would very much expect to see it on my top ten at the end of the year. I, really? I, yeah, yeah. Wow. I I I I think it's the the best new horror film I've seen in a a, a good few years. 
cool. I, 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 I genuinely, I'm glad that you really enjoyed it. Yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry you didn't, but I, uh, it's no problem. <laughs> I felt very oppressed by the whole thing. I would like to watch it again to appreciate the craft, but I feel very uneasy about watching it again. And uh, yeah, there you oh, go. I, I will never watch it again. No, fair enough. <laughs> but I like next to. Next to it follows and and the Babadook, it's fucking Citizen Kane. Oh, don't be wrong, it's not Babadook. It's not the Babadook, but it didn't it didn't annoy me as much as that. Although it did have uh, kids making a lot of noise in it, which of course, as everybody you long term listeners will know, that's fucking nailed down a chartboard for me. It's just I, one other thing as well. I, I just I really really like how how Ralph Innocent plays plays it just. You know, he's puritanical as fuck and he knows what needs to be done. But the scene where he kind of like is chasing his his daughter out and he's going like, right, look, there's going to be a council call tomorrow. Just tell me, you know, just just tell me it's, you know, it's going to happen anyway. But, you know, and he's like, just as a father, he just wants to know. And it's not in a burn the witch way like the mother is. He's just like, look, I've just I have, you know, I have to know. And then. His, his kind of defiance in the whole kind of like I didn't, you know, I didn't raise a witch in my household kind of thing. I like the way that his character is not just raving, maniacal, Puritan father of household. And yeah, the way, it, it does have it. It does have a an actual fatherly love to him. Yeah, and, and like the way that the mother is basically just provoked into. There's already a little bit of, you know edginess between them but the way that these things provoke it and you almost kind of understand where the mother's coming from just from the amount of trauma she's had to endure in such a short space of time it doesn't feel to me she's just like the hysterical woman who's like won't somebody please think of the children or anything like she's I don't know. It, it felt. It, it, I don't know. It felt very real and very honest to me, and I. I really like the um, uh, the dedication to the um, old school language as well. Um, and yeah, it was all still really easy to understand. Like you watch something like the um, uh, the Fastbender Macbeth, and at times you are lost. I think with some of the long speeches, but here it all just kind of flows and it still manages to make sense. I don't know, whatever Eggers does next, I'm very interested as long as he doesn't get, crawl up his own ass, which it does kind of feel like somebody making this film and then having people tell you you're brilliant, that is, could very well happen. It, 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 it could very well happen, yeah. Which, which is what happened with Charlie Kaufman with Anomalisa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got I, I've got to say I listened to the Kermo podcast today, and him and Simon Mayo were just like, "Yeah, it looks great. The guy's an ass. Don't see how it had any real connection to any any real human stuff." Like Matt, and I was like, "Kermo's a divisive figure. I could not have loved that fucking man more when he the came is, out with that." I just, oh. The thing is, I I, I really like Kermod. I, I I find him a fascinating person to listen to uh, talk about film. Um, but I I struggle with the Kermod podcast because I really do struggle with just how arrogant Simon Mayo is. Yeah, I mean it's it's that that the, the thing is that show is built upon years and years and years and years of shared experience and yeah. in jokes. The thing and is, it's 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 probably impenetrable 
for yeah. someone to go into it at this well, point. I, I, I listened um, from from pretty much the beginning. I was listening on the radio before it even became a podcast. Um, I, I, I've listened to it for a number of years and only stopped, stopped listening about sort of 18 months ago um, just because I got to the point of where Simon Mayo was just grating on my brain so much. It's one of those where I might just go back to it because it might not. I might go back to it and go, do you know what? I fucking missed out on 18 months of good. What is it? Um, because he pissed me off for like two or three episodes, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I, I was actually quite curious to, to see what he would say about Alan Lucia uh, yeah. because... It, it, it seems like sort of one way it might run up the wrong way. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, I don't know. It was an interesting review because they had um, Kaufman and the, the co-director, um, uh, something Duke, I think his name is, um, on last week, and they were really, really, really frosty. And um, it, I don't know. It was interesting because you got the sense that Kermode and Mayo weren't entirely on board with with the <laughs> film, and I have to wonder if maybe that kind of like fed into their frostiness because I think for the last three, four, five months, those guys have just gone around with everybody blowing them. Yeah. Um, well, Kaufman's gone around for the past near, near fucking twenty years. Yeah. Fucking blowing him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I think Eternal Sunshine in the Spotless Mind is is a brilliant film, um, but I. I, I don't know. I just synecdoche New York. The, like I was thinking of rewatching that, but watching Anomalisa has just made me think. No, I don't need to rewatch synecdoche New York. I just don't really particularly need to see anything directed by Charlie Kaufman ever again. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I I know I mentioned Anomalisa a lot, but it's just because it came out in the UK this week. And like five, I think five stars in the Guardian, five stars in Empire. It's one of the most human films you'll ever watch. No, it's not. It's about a dickhead <laughs> who wants to get like laid on a dirty fucking weekend because he doesn't appreciate his what he's got at home. And oh, everybody else talks the same and has the same voice, but there's this one person who has a unique voice. And after I fuck them, then they have the same voice as everybody else again. Oh, woe is me. I, I'd like, no, like, why, 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 why? You need to watch Anomalisa. I'm going to watch it. Actually, I'm going to watch it to see, to see where I stand on it because my tin ear for fucking, for, Ponzi bollocks, it suggests it, 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 it might really fucking rub me the, up the, the wrong way. The thing is, the opening 20 minutes or so, I actually thought was pretty funny. The animation is... I also un- don't like stop animation. The animation is undeniably interesting. They are doing some interesting stuff with it, and it does actually feed into the story of the film. But it's just, it's so unlikable that I just, I don't care. And why... The, the thing is, you don't have to like a protagonist to enjoy a film. You know, you don't have to identify. Um, but this, I, I, like this person's not interesting. The Wolf of Wall Street, he, Belfort, or whatever his name is, he's a genuinely interesting person. He's not likable in the fucking slightest, but he's yeah. interesting. The, the guy, bloke in Anomalisa, why do I care about you? Oh, do you know what? I don't. I, I yeah, you, you like, seriously, I, I, yeah, maybe you'll like it, and then we can have a fucking discussion. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I will watch it this week. Yeah, do it. It's only like 80, 85 minutes long as well. so I, I will catch it this week. Uh, yeah. Sadly, um, I know what you're accusing me on uh, for The Witch, but it, it, it falls into that 
shit bracket for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Definitely not shit. Like, I mean, fair play. If it didn't, if it didn't grab you, it didn't grab you. But no, it's it. Yeah, no, it's great. Cool. Okay, um, so let's get into some uh, what else we watched, and uh, do you want to take it away, dude? I will. I've not got a lot, because uh, I say I've had a really busy week, I've not been very well. Um, so I will say I started watching, uh, under almost, I feel like, direct orders from Mike, of of Chinatroca vs. Punter. Oh, I started watching Fargo. Oh, no. Uh, What, the TV series? Yeah, I started watching it, uh, because he'd been saying, you you need to watch this. I don't understand why you're not watching it. It's so peaksy. So I I did start watching it. Instantly, I did actually, uh, I watched the first two episodes when it was first on, um, and kind of liked it, but then didn't follow up on it. Um, But I'm watching now, I'm I'm four episodes in, and I'm I'm, I'm really quite enjoying it. So I'm going to keep going with that, but that's TV, so... We've got to talk about that. Um, no, I mean, you can talk about it a bit. Like, I'm probably going to talk about some Daredevil season <laughs> two, like next week or the week after. So, well, you know, but it's, I, I've I've liked it in the fact that it's, um, although it's not Cohen's aren't doing it. There's a lot of kind of the Cohen spirit within that. I would say in there, it's definitely. It feels like it's it, it, it's it's aping the Cohen's, but not in. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just not doing an impression of the Cohen's. It's just not. Uh, yeah, doing sure. That. Uh, it, it, and it feels like it's all set around that kind of world, and it's it's built so nice. I love the fact that Bill Thornton's character is just a prick, and there's I, I, there might be more of him as it goes along. But so far, I'm four episodes in, and he just he just seems to get off on like, are, with people. What are you up to? I'm up to uh, he's just been arrested by Colin Hanks that episode, and he's in the car saying, "In a couple of hours, you're going to say you're making a big mistake." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've okay. stood there, and it happens. It looks, it's like everything you're doing it, it, it is quite simply just to fuck with people for your own amusement. Mm. And I kind of adore that about you because it kind of makes me think. Hang on a minute, is this is this an actual character or is this just Billy Bob Thornton? Because <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. he does, he has that that great grin and everything. Like that. Um, I'm enjoying kind of like the comedy elements of it, um, and it's fun watching sort of these a lot of these actors that are quite sort of recognisable sort of character actors kind of all bunched together. And that's what's always been a, a great interesting thing about Coen Brothers films is they throw together uh, often a load of great character actors uh, and kind of go here here are all these character actors. And occasionally a, a lead falls out of that, and then you have. Um, I'll lead in because I actually watched uh, Oh Brother, uh, Where Art Thou uh, this week. Uh, first time in a long time I've watched this, to be honest. Uh, and it's always been a, a Coen's that I've, I've liked, um, but never really loved uh, as such. Um, so I rewatched it, um, and it's a struggle for them because it was r- ridiculously successful um, before they were ridiculously successful. Mm. Um, and it was George Clooney before. He became megastar George Clooney before the Oceans movies elevated him, you know, to the level that he's at. He's at now. Um, it's a, really is a fantastic movie. Is is the way out there. It, it, it's ferociously entertaining, um, and it, it's that the same thing as I was talking about last week with, with Hail Caesar. It's that wonderful um, kind of rich mix of, of of not quite weirdness, but just single visions that come from two guys uh, of 
this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And it's just the naturalness that, that runs through it throughout the, the entire movie is all these things happen. You go, that fucking came out of nowhere. And, and what's that? And then you've got the, the wonderfulness of George Clooney's character saying everything twice uh, or two or three times. The, the, the barn scene of the, we're a pretty tight spot. And then he says again, and then he says again, and then he says again and again and again and again. And it is literally, I've heard Clooney talk about it, and he says that's how it's written in the script. Mm. Is that he just says it, and he just says it. He said, you know, I, I said, really, am I supposed to keep just saying this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, just like that, just like that. And sometimes, I think, I think, actually, I think it's on the one of the uh, little featurettes that's on the DVD special features. I think I watched this on. And he said that the Coens have this thing where they'll be laughing and nobody else filming it will be laughing, but they'll be laughing. And then when it goes on screen, you see it on screen. You go, okay, now I get the joke. And Clooney said, it is amazing the fact that when they're filming it, they don't see just what's being filmed. They're seeing the film. That's mm-hmm. a, that they're about to edit together and yeah. put together, and they see it like that rather than the, the the way that it's shot and everything like that. So it's really interesting. It's just the the music's fantastic in it. The performances are, are great. Um, I know what's happening in a couple of weeks' time uh, with Ten Cloverfield Lane is we're going to get a slew of people going, "Oh my god, how amazing is John Goodman?" And then there's going to be a small little pocket of people going, "Yes." Fucking welcome to the party. There's been a group of us saying this for like fucking 20 years. How amazing John Goodman is. Oh. I saw the, it's nice, isn't it? I saw the other day, um, somebody put out one of those pictures on Facebook, uh, and it was a, a selection, like a collage of different actors' heads. Uh, and it said, um, still to not win an Oscar. Elvis Juice. It's lovely, isn't it? Oh, I love this. It, I'll tell you what, the Candy Kaiser are actually, did it, did it get better? Yeah, but oh, the fucking smell that comes out of this! Oh my god, it's lovely, isn't it? Mm. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so somebody put out this thing. There's a collage of different actors that had not won an Oscar, and then the one was Leonardo DiCaprio, and that had a, a red cross through it. Um, and I was looking at it going, I don't know, in it. Well, for a start, Christopher Walken's on that, and he's got a fucking Oscar. Yeah. Um, and I was looking, at it going, a lot of them are guys who shouldn't win Oscars. You know, there was people like fucking... No, there was two, actually, that won Oscar, because Jerry Fox is on it as well, and he's won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was people like Will Smith on it, and you're like, well, what for? Um, and who else was it? There was, there was a few just, like, randoms, where it's like, well, they, he doesn't deserve an Oscar. I'll tell you that straight away. And all I could think of looking at it was thinking, fucking John Goodman! How has John Goodman not won a Best Supporting Actor yet? Or at least got a fucking nom. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, over the world though, yeah, fantastic. Uh, really is just magnificent. And I was gutted it's not on iTunes because I would have happily bought it. Bloody hell, is it not? It's not. No, it's not on iTunes. Oh, seems like an oversight. It does, doesn't it? There's a couple actually that are on iTunes uh, of the Collins. I thought it was a bit strange, but yeah, not on iTunes. I'd have happily, happily um, uh, bought it. Uh, a movie I did happily buy uh, on iTunes uh, and broke my four ninety nine rule. Mm. Um, Last night, um, Isabel said that she wanted to watch a, uh, a disaster movie. Um, so we said, right, fired up the Apple TV. Siri, find disaster movies. Found disaster movie. Find disaster movies. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't find a lot of action movies. So I thought, right, I'll go to 2012 and that'll lead me to a lot of more disaster movies in related to 2012. Isabel hadn't seen 2012, so he said, right, do you want to watch 2012? Um, and then Becky said, do you know what would have been perfect to have watched? So what's San Andreas, but we quite recently watched it, haven't we? Hmm. And Isabel said, well, I've not seen San Andreas. Like, well, what do you want to watch? Do you want to watch 2012? Or do you want to watch San Andreas? No, you want to watch San Andreas. And so she said, I want to watch San Andreas, which I was quite glad about because it was already like half past fucking eight at night and 2012. 2012 was like three hours long, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. just shy of three hours long. So she said San Andreas, I thought, do you know what? For 9.99, Becky loves San Andreas. I really like San Andreas. I'm going to watch it now. I'll watch it again before I watch San Andreas in the cinema. San Andreas 2 in the cinema. I'll probably watch it again when San Andreas 2 comes out um, on demand again. So I'm going to get at least three or four watches. I think if least. you can justify at least two watches, then you're then all right. 9.99, I think, is fine. And I was thought, you know what? There's some iTunes extras on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd happily watch a making of, what is it? Yeah. Of, of San Andreas. I'd happily watch... If it was like two hours long, I wouldn't, but it's 45 minutes, I think it is. I'll watch that. So I watched San Andreas again. It's the third time I've watched it in a year now. I love that you've seen that three times. No one else has seen San Andreas <laughs> three times. <laughs> no one else has. Good view. And you know what? I still really like it. Still really enjoyed it. Um, it zips along at a wonderful pace. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you can spend that much time with Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, and Alexander Daddario quite easily. It, it's now making me go, I am really looking forward to the Baywatch movie because it's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it, Alexander Daddario and Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. And have you seen the, the stills of Zac Efron from it? Yeah. Fuck me, that guy. Literally, he lives in a gym. And I'm not saying that in a, oh, he must live in a gym. no. The gym that he uses is in his house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, it is incredible how fucking ripped that guy has got for that movie. It is it's scary. And what's even scarier is I'm looking forward to a fucking Baywatch movie. It's going to be like that thing. I, it's going to be like, fun. Yeah, it is. And it's going to get the tone right. It's it's oh. going to. Yeah. That that yeah, I'm, I'm sure once trailers and stuff arrive for that, we can gush over that. Yeah, uh, and then I watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China again um, gotcha. because I wasn't feeling very well and I needed cheering up. Um, yeah, it's great. It's Big Trouble in Little China. You know, I think I watched that actually before last week. So I think I mentioned it briefly on last week's show. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm actually, I, I actually noticed that uh, there's quite a lot of really decent features that I've not watched yet on the Arrow um, Blu-ray of that. So I'm going to crack open a few of those this week and sort of watch some of the new um, interviews and stuff like that with Carpenter and Dean Cundy, um, the cinematographer, not the cunt who used to play for Chelsea. Um, and so, yeah, so from there, yeah, so I'm, that was that's it for me. Uh, yours are going to be more interesting because you've actually watched some interesting films this week, haven't you? Yeah, man. So um, I, I'll start with... Um, Right, Kung Fu Panda 3. So, I watched the whole of Kung Fu Panda 3, but I torrented part of it. But you did pay for it, didn't you? Uh, now, this is my thing, right? So, um, I was planning on taking Lottie to the cinema for the first time today, and I was going to take her to, like, a kids' AM showing of something. And I got home, and I just bought... Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2 on iTunes because it was 9.98 for the two so 4.99 each that's fine um, and 
Donald was like, Lottie, do you want to go see the pandas on the, on 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 big TV? She was like, yeah, yeah. Now we go now. <laughs> I was like, well, shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. I'll see what time it's on. We we go now. We go now. All right. Fine. It was quarter past two. I had I only just got back from the witch. Looked at my phone. There was a show in at the local cinema at half two. I was like, what do you think, Don? She was like, well, I could do with a hour, hour and a half without her about, so I can get on with some stuff. It was like, okay, cool. Give it a go. Uh, 16 quid uh, for the two of us, and um, a few quid for uh, uh, some chocolate. Uh, She got about 45 minutes... Well, she got about 40 minutes in, then she wanted to wash her hands because she had chocolate all over them. Mm-hmm. Um, so took her out to the toilets, took her back in, and then uh, we go home now, see money. Um, all right, are you sure? Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. 40 minutes, good on you. G- get outside, and she goes, watch Panda now. It's like, what, do you want to go back in now? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go back in, we're not going to see money. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> walk in 30 seconds later go home now right okay that, we're going home now and, and and that was it so yes i torrented kung fu panda free i also paid six well including confectionery nearly 20 pounds to see it in the cinema and Which, saw uh, the first 45 minutes and does that does that cover the, the people who seeded off you <laughs> as is the new yeah, yes i <laughs> I never, I barely ever have a torrent application on anymore, and I've the, the files already been deleted. So if anybody did seed from it, fine. I'm sorry, I suppose, but I paid twenty pound to see the fucking thing. Yeah. So no. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Lottie was enjoying it. I was, I was surprised she lasted that long. To be fair, I just wanted to get her out of the house. Um, and yeah, she, she was enjoying it. And I think she's going to like the Kung Fu Panda films in the future. Um, it's amazing. She's like two and it's incredible how she probably doesn't really understand much of what's actually going on, but she gets the tone. Mm. So during the course of it, like people get trapped in these green things and she was going, Oh no, whenever that happened. And, you know, so she knew it was, it was, it was interesting to see in her process, this stuff, but yeah. So Kung Fu Panda free, I genuinely, she was actually really good for the first 40 minutes until she wanted to wash her hands. She was fine. So I watched it properly watched it. She was just sat on my lap. It was great. Um, so yeah, the story is, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Poe is going to start training the others. Poe, the panda voiced by Jack Black. He's going to start training the others. And um, what is the story? I'm trying to think now. I So, yeah. And um, his dad kind of comes to town. Um, his dad had a call from the universe to find his son. And his dad, voiced by Brian Cranston, finds him. At the same time, um, a ancient warrior, voiced by J.K. Simmons, has broken out of the spirit world and is basically trying to capture Chi so that he can essentially take over the, the spirit world and, and the, the mortal world. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a, 
kind of quite a lot actually going on in the film. It's weird. Um, I think the Kung Fu Panda trilogy is really, really underrated. Um, it's because it's called Kung Fu Panda and it's Jack Black as a fat panda. Um, and I, I, I kind of think people don't really take it on its own merits. This is bloody brilliant to look at. Um, it it has its CG bits, but then it does like flashback bits with 2D animation and kind of like oh, stark right. backgrounds and and you know, like there, like there's a lot of you know where like uh, uh, films like just like narrow in on eyes and it's like black bars just focusing in yeah. on eyes and stuff like that and it, it does really interesting things with with the frame and it looks really 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 nice and. The sentiment of it is essentially it's be true to yourself, which is one that a lot of like kids' films do. But it's also don't try and be don't try and be someone else. Be the best you that you can be. Find the thing that you do really well and you love doing and concentrate on that. Which I think is quite a cool little moral. Um, yeah, and so like the the battle at the end, a load of the pandas get involved, a load of other characters get involved, and their own individual talents kind of combine to essentially beat the bad guy. Spoiler alert! But um, <laughs> it, it also does feel like the end. It like it says the end at the end, and it is like right, yeah, it actually probably is. Kung Fu Panda Two um, didn't perform as well as they thought it was going to. And I was kind of surprised, like, that was 2011. I was kind of surprised that this actually, they actually bothered with the third one. Yeah. Um, but the second one ends with, like, the, 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 the dad panda getting the call from the universe. So um, it, it, there is a bit of a cliffhanger there. Um, and, so, yeah, but by the end, it, it, it's in this way where it feels like all the ducks are in a row. It doesn't feel like there's, there's anything else to do. Um, so I think this will be the last one that we see. And uh, I, I, I think it's capped it off very nicely. Um, the actions, the action direction's great. It always has been with these films. It is funny. Um, and it, it's entirely good-natured. Um, it, I, I, I really, really like these films. And this third one is a perfectly good trilogy capper. Is it still in Animation Studios? Or? Uh, no, it's DreamWorks. DreamWorks, yeah, all right. But yeah, I mean, um, I yeah, I, I had a really good time with it. I'm glad Lo- I'm glad Lottie was into it for part of it. I mean, she's two and like two months, so I'm not expecting the world there. I mean, no, she really liked the experience of going into the cinema and having the big screen. And like when um, when the trailers ended and it, like the screen was like going larger, she was like more, 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 more. So you know she was she was into it, which I, I don't know. I kind of think is half the battle with um, yeah, absolutely small yeah. kids by 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 the sound of it. It's just getting them into the idea of the cinema. Um, so yeah, there you go. She says she wants to go again. So super <laughs> cool. But, but it's going to be kids AM stuff where I only have to pay like three quid. That's uh, the better one I got. But yeah, yeah. It, it was a bit spur at the moment. This, but I quite fancied seeing Kung Fu Panda free anyway. <laughs> so it was like if I only end up forty five minutes, then fine. But yeah, there you go. Um, so we're going to do Ten Cloverfield Lane next week, aren't we? We are indeed. Yes. Uh, okay, so I'll talk about High Rise now. 
Is that okay? That's fine, yeah, yeah. Cool, so... I'm I'm very interested in darts now, actually. Yeah, so um, Thursday I um, went to the the high-rise tour that they're doing, um, where Ben Wheatley's been going around the uh, the UK doing uh, Q&A events, and uh, because it was Cardiff, Luke Evans actually came along for this one as well. Um, So it was... Uh, the film, and then Ben Wheatley and Luke Evans doing a Q and A, a Q and A which the moderator looked really annoyed because the last question basically turned into Luke Evans talking about how big his dick was and how Ben Wheatley was like not wanting to put it on film, um, <laughs> and it was like the, the the moderator he was asking all these really serious questions but like Wheatley and Evans I think they'd had they were drinking on stage and I think they'd had a few while the film was playing uh, um, so it was I don't know it was pretty entertaining it was good as well because um Wheatley took a picture of the audience at the start of the film and mm. tweeted it and I can make myself out <laughs> in it which I don't know which was which is quite cool but um ju- only just but um yeah, so High Rise, adaptation of the J.G. Ballard novel of the same name. Um, very divisive um, of thus far, and I think it's easy to see why. I think, like The Witch, it's one where if you're into it, you'll appreciate it. If you're not into it, you're going to think it's the worst piece of shit. Um, story is, um, essentially, this High Rise has opened. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is a new tenant. He is on... Um, like the kind of the mid floor and it's essentially a metaphor for social structure. Um, and, uh, basically the, the, the power and the amenities in the lower levels start getting cut off, uh, because the higher levels are taking them and things devolve from there. Tom Hiddleston's kind of caught in the middle where he feels out of place in both like, the the lower and the upper levels so he's like trying to do his own thing and sienna miller plays a character who can move from the like upper and lower levels with, with relative ease she basically uses her sexuality um and it, it's essentially the world going to shit in this high rise um so you've got the thing that's interesting about it is it's wheatley's biggest budget by a distance and it looks really nice. The cinematography by Laurie Rose is spot on. Um, and the cast is a kind of a mix of movie stars and his mates. So mm. you've got Tom Hiddleston and Luke Evans and Sienna Miller and Jeremy Irons. But then you've got like Reese uh, Shearsmith and Peter Fernandino and um, our Tony Way. Um who, um, God, what did I, Tony White is a big guy. has been in a lot of Ben Wheatley stuff. And, uh, but he also turns up in quite a lot of Hollywood stuff. Like he was in the Fincher girl with the dragon tattoo. And, um, like, seriously, can you IMDB this guy and just see if you recognize him? He's in the Fincher girl with the dragon tattoo. He's in edge of tomorrow. He's like one of the grunts in edge of tomorrow. But then he also just turns up in like Ben Wheatley stuff. And, um, What's he called again? Tony Way. Tony. Oh, no, you mean, yeah. Yeah, he, he, in uh, Finch Girl Dragon City, he plays the. Um, he's ah, like, I can't he's remember like his the name. He's a techie guy. 
Yeah, yeah, the techie guy in that. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. He, he has turned up in quite a lot. There's, there's, what else has he been in? Yeah, he crops up every now and again. Like I say, he's in Edge Tomorrow. What am I thinking of that? I saw him in recently. Plague is called in the Gold of Dragon Tattoo. Mm, that's him. Carry on and I'll find out what it was that Simon recently. So, yeah, I, and it's... I don't know. It feels... It feels like it's it, it's slightly struggling to form its identity. It's kind of schizophrenic in that way. Because you've got Reece Shearsmith. He was in Black Books, that was it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he was yeah, in a couple yeah. of Black Books. No, he is, yeah. Um, so you've got like, Reece Shearsmith, like, slightly gurning and like just basically being Reese Shearsmith and you've mm. got that co- like contrasted against Tom Hiddleston who is a movie star like he's a fucking film star that guy yeah um, and you know so it, and I, I it just it feels like a, a film where he's dipping his toe in both waters and trying to see which one he feels okay with. And like his next film, Free Fire, is executive produced by uh, Scorsese and it's got Killian Murphy and um, I, I want to say Brie Larson in it, but I, I think I might be wrong there. And it, like that, he's going like Hollywood as such with that. And um, yet yeah, this retains... Yeah, it's Brie Larson, Killian it, Murphy, it, yeah. Army Hammer. Yeah, that's it. Shelter Copley. Mm-hmm. There's a crime drama set in Boston. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting, that. The, it does, po- yeah. the poster's awesome as well. There's a poster that was online this week for it, which looks great. Um, looks very 70s. Um, so, yeah, it's... Mm. The, it, the, the film very much is kind of like... It, it feels like it's struggling for identity, but that almost feels like it, it's part of the point. There's, I haven't read the Ballard book, but by all accounts, it feels like it's a pretty... In, in tone a pretty good adaptation where the first half is quite what interesting and quirky and darkly comic and the second half is ramshackle and all over the fucking place well I, I heard I've not seen it uh, yeah um, I, I might even do a billet this week um, to be honest um, I, I heard that, that it's one of the film's issues somebody said to me that, that, that saw it said one of the film's issues is it's a little bit too faithful to the to the book, uh, was what they said. Was he said he said it's not a it's they word it as this isn't a criticism of the film, but it maybe doesn't help the film in the fact that it sticks so closely to what's going on in the book. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's obviously stuff that's really hard to adapt, mm. um, but it, it's basically stuff goes to shit about halfway through and then it's just kind of living in that as it gets worse but not as much worse as there's there's a pretty sudden turn where stuff turns to shit and then it kind of just stays there for the second half yeah um and it yeah it's not the second half isn't as interesting um and hiddleston disappears pretty much for quite a large chunk of it and the focus which is which is cool in a way the focus slightly turns more to like luke evans mm. um and people's problems with his character which um you know I, I was i was pretty cool with actually luke evans is really good in this um and and, and tom Hilston's kind of slightly more 
a, a passive observer, I suppose. Um, but so the second half, I think, works as well as it does, actually because of Luke Evans as much as anything else. Um, and and the, the rest of it, it slightly just feels like it's going into broader comedy kind like dark comedy kind of stuff and it feels slightly i know this isn't supposed to be a bad word these days but it feels slightly tv um in its broadness and it almost feels like it's kind of sketch comedy stuff and i know wheatley's had a history in in being involved in like BBC kind of comedy half hour shows. And yeah, I think that almost like shows in the second half of high rise. Um, it, it, it gets very bitty, but I still found the, the, the whole thing interesting. Um, visually it is, it, I mean, it is, it is really good to just take in, uh, the production designs top notch. And I think the performances are all decent. It's just this, the first half is like, yeah, this is grade A five out of five shit. The second half, not so much, but it's still pretty solid overall. I think as long as you go in with tempered expectations, you'll be fine with it. Good. I'm, 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 my, I'm, I'm quite strange with, with uh, Ben Wheatley. I, I like Down Terrace. I really like Down Terrace, actually. Um, and I liked Kill This. I liked it for how nasty it was. Um, I liked that. Uh, I really didn't get on with Sightseers at all. Um, and I thought Field in England was okay. This um, is this is my least favourite of his films, but I've been a Ben Wheatley dick sucker for the last few years. So Yeah. Yeah, so I'm... I'm I, I, I'm intrigued as to, as to where it goes. I, I, I also... I'm a little bit... I think Adelston's got a kind of come out from. He seems to be stuck in that kind of post Loki thing. Um, he's. I, I don't know. He's. It. I think it's cool that he's taken on this park. It does kind of feel like the type of stuff he'd like to do. And yeah. I think this film got made because he's in it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, I, so, I, and, that, yeah. and the thing is, with with, with is, I, I think his issue at the moment is he's such a, a nice and charming guy that when you see him in interviews and that comes across, it's a little bit like he seems to have taken that into some of his movies a little bit. And I know with Crimson Peak, it was a little bit like, I, this just feels like I'm watching Tom Hiddleston run around being Tom Hiddleston. Um, so it, it looks pretty interesting the fact that he doesn't look like he's just playing a, a slightly different version of Tom Hiddleston in this. It, yeah. it looks, looks very interesting, actually. And Luke Evans is a... He, He's a great actor. Yeah, Luke Luke Evans is kind of MVP here, I think, to be fair. I think Hiddleston's good, but Evans is the kind of the driving force of it, uh, I think, emotionally, if if maybe not supposedly in narrative. But, I, I yeah, do double bill it. I'd be intrigued to see what you think. And, and two guys there who, who were kind of hotly tipped and have kind of actually thrown their, their, their um, name in the hat a little bit for for the possibility of taking over from Craig as Bond. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'd, I, I'd be fine with either of them. I think yeah. Hiddleston can deal with the physicality and... I think he, Evans could as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, t- I, yeah, no totally. But I, I, the thing is, I think 
Hiddleston's obviously got the charisma. It's whether he could deal with the physicality. And I think Evans has got the physicality, whether he could deal with the charisma. But I think both could. I, I'd be happy mm. with either one of them. I'd, I'd be I'm honest, good. given the way Daniel Craig's been since Spectre came out, I'd be more interested in just seeing them take it on now than seeing Craig just do another fucking one because he's got to do another fucking one. Like it's yeah, it does, it does seem like he he's gone. Do you know what? I'm I'm done. Yeah, I, I'm, I've done I've done four. I, I'm done. I don't have the I don't have the energy for another one. Yeah, um, it, it it doesn't feel like he's got the wherewithal for it. And I'll 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 be honest. If Spectre was just a a bit of a one off, then I'm fine with that. And hey, shit, they gave his character a happy ending as such. So yeah, yeah great. So, let's just do I, an, let's I just think, do another new set of Bond stuff. Yeah, and you know, and it kind of it it it, it, it pumps a little, reinvigorates it a little bit because I think Spectre, although I really liked it. Um, I think as on a whole, um, it, it kind of, it, it, it's, I won't quite say it's mixed response, but it wasn't as well received as, as Skyfall. No, no, on no. On the whole. Um, so, yes, it could be quite interesting. I, I said I'd, I'd be happy with either of those two as well, to be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And to be fair, Sony will probably want another one out by October next year. So if they are going to recast him, he's probably going to have to be done pretty quickly now. But um, It's got to be somebody who can slip in that role. Very mm. quick. Which either of them could do. Uh, do you know what? Luke Evans as Bond would be great. He was charismatic as fuck in this in this Q and A. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah, like, I bet he was. Like seriously, like he was really, really, really good. And he's 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 got a good head on his shoulders as well. By the seams of it, I like. I was really impressed by him. Can I throw out one thing that that in it wouldn't bother me? Uh, but he's he's gay, isn't he, Luke Evans? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that? Be honest. Do you think that had cast against him for casting directors to look at casting him as Bond? Being being perfectly because I do. But, but I, I, not 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 for me. I'd, I'd like to stress that because I, I when I saw that I thought, ooh, do you know what? That I like that. He works quite well. He's got a very broodingness to him, but. It did make you think that could be something where they where people sat on a table with a list of people I, 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 when they're going pros and cons of it, going pros. He's a good-looking guy. He's charismatic. The thing is, he's he, not American. He looks like he could pile drive the fuck he out of a does, world. Doesn't he? That's the thing. That is it. Whereas Tom Hiddleston, I don't see that the, the rawness of it. I don't see that. Like, Hilston is suave as all shit, oh, yeah. but is Bond actually... Is Bond really that suave? Like, Roger Moore, maybe, aside. But I, I could see him taking it back to that suave thing, because they've had the brawler uh, mm. element of Bond with Craig, and he's done it very, very well. Um, I could see them wanting to take it back down that kind of dusting themselves off... Um, and, and always looking fantastic, kind of uh, Bond. I could see him looking at that and looking at somebody like Hiddleston or Dan Stevens or somebody like that. I like. I think Dan Stevens, the one after this one, he'll be spot on for. Yeah, maybe he's that little bit too too young now. But then again, if you put in throw another one in, you've got what eight years, maybe. Yeah, well, well, Dan Stevens is what like he's got to be like. He's younger than me, surely. 
I think he's 31, 32. So if you think about it, you're not thinking about when he would become Bond. You're thinking about how old he'd be in his last Bond, which would be nearly 50. Which is why when, when people keep on going on about um, Idris Elba, uh, it's 33, Dan Stevens. Uh, oh, shit, Dan Stevens is older than me. All right, that's yeah, surprising. Um, so when you look at it, you know, there's a lot of people that are throwing Idris Elba out there. Um, and it's one of the things you go, do you know what? No. And it has fuck all to do with the fact that, he's, that it'd be a black Bond. No problem with that. I have no problem with a black Bond. I have no problem with a female Bond, to be honest. Um but the issue I think that you'd have there with Idris Elba is... He's too fucking he's old. He's too old. He's too old for it. He's not too old now, but in two movies or three movies' time, he's too old. Mm. That's one of Craig's argument is, is, I'm too old now yeah. for this, for this shit. I, you know, yes, I can still do the physical thing in 18 months' time. I'll still be able to do that. But I don't know that I want to, and I really don't want to do the fucking press tour again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, he... I wonder if Daniel Craig actually maybe lost a few tickets just from how grumpy he was well, on the press tour. I know somebody who uh, who uh, worked on one of the press tours was doing the lightings uh, at the... one of the, I don't know which hotel it was in, in London, was doing the lighting for the... Um, the room that Craig was in, and he said that he's he, he's, he's a, he said he was really chatty with everybody, and just sort of like chatting and you know offering to help do stuff and everything like that. And was he said he, was, he said he was a really really just nice guy. He said he was just he was chatting away about football mm. to uh, you know a few of the uh, lighting guys, he said, and then it was the minute he had to become movie star. Daniel Craig and sat down. He said he just. He said he literally. He went. He said you could see him physically just tense up, and he said it, it was like it was like looking at a completely different person. So it's not like putting on an act. It's just like he just doesn't want to do that shit. Yeah, it just doesn't want. It is. It's, he said, it was, he said, honestly, he said, he said one minute he said he was talking to me and another lad about because uh, he's a huge Liverpool fan. Mm. Um, and the friend of mine, Steve, uh, he's a Liverpool fan as well. Uh, and he, he's talking to him about uh, football and about Liverpool and everything like this. Um, and he was, he said, he said, he was fine, fine, everything. He said, and then the PR um, girl came in and said, right, then we're going to start bringing people in now. He said, and he literally just went, right, fine. Sat down. He said, and he's, he's, he said he, he went from being quite open and quite airy and you know everything. He said his shoulders just hunched forward mm-hmm. and he just sat. He said and he completely changed. He said he just it, you didn't, he, said, he said you could just tell this guy didn't want to be where he was sat for the next like four hours. Mm-hmm. He said and when every person came in, he said he was sort of like they're asking a question saying, and he'd just go, oh that's an original question. Oh. That is that is that is the thirtieth time I've heard that question in the past two months, and it's just, he said that it was it was just a different person. And then when it all went off, and he took his thing out. He said he's back to just talking and just chatting and just being nice. Mm. He said it was fucking weird. I don't know because in the end of the day, like I, I, I suppose a lot of press are probably quite. I want to try and get something good out mm. of this guy, and like it's almost like. Like this is going to further my own shit if I can get something out of them, and I could see 
Like, I, I don't know. I could see an actor or an actress. I mean, yeah, they're paid a shitload of money and we shouldn't feel sorry for them, but it would be fucking no, mind-numbing doing that shit. And, would, like, from a human point of view, you have got to see that. Did you ever see the, the, the what is it, one of, of Leonardo DiCaprio winding Tom Hardy up in one of them? No. Because, uh, you know, Tom Hardy doesn't like it, and he freely admits he doesn't like mm. been a, that element of it. He was doing a, um, a, a little, one of the, these little um, press junket things with um, with DiCaprio. <laughs> and every question they put to DiCaprio, he turned around and went, I don't know, Tom, you love answering the, all these questions, don't you? What do you think? <laughs> and Tom Hardy would just go, well, Leo, you're the... You're the fucking movie star, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. You so it's like, no, 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 Tom. They don't know what I've got to say about it. They don't know what you've got to say about it. And it was just, it, it was, it was quite simply DiCaprio just doing what he's done so wonderfully for the past like 15 years of just deflecting anything yeah. away from him and just throwing it all at Hardy, but whilst being incredibly charming at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the way to do it. Just have fucking have fun with it but I, I yeah I don't know I mean fair play to Craig you know he's been on this treadmill like four times now and it's you'd understand if he, you know if he'd had enough and let one of the younger people do it you know Craig doesn't need to do it anymore he's boning Rachel Weiss. he's got more money than he probably ever needs knows, will need to know what to do with it and you know he's like he's just been announced as starring in this limited TV series that's like 22 episodes and done but mm. that's going to take like six to nine months out of his schedule. So, frankly, if they want him to do Bond, they're probably going to have to wait to re- release it until 2018. So it's which they won't want to do. Yeah, they which they won't want to do. Yeah, I mean, Christ, they already um, delayed a, uh, a year for uh, Spectre to come out, and then that came out and didn't even get that great reviews. So, you know, it's yeah. But new actor, new new Bond, new director. Yeah, it could be what the, the, the franchise needs. Absolutely. Um, that was a tangent. It was a tangent, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so that was good. No, that was good. Um, so I've got a couple other things. Yeah, cool. Go um, So I rewatched Turbo Kid, which is great. Um, I My movie watch of the week was um, Frank Capra's It Happened One Night. Ooh. Um, what do you think? Yeah, man. Fucking... God, this thing's over 80 years old. Yeah. Um, and... Clark Gable was the fucking bomb. <laughs> like, how good was that guy? Um, yeah. He is so bloody charming. Yes, he and is. And there's some really dodgy sexual politics in this, where at the end of, like, towards the end of the film, he's talking to his love interest's uh, father um, about, her, uh, about her and saying that, like, you know, she needs a man who will give her a good slap every now and then, like you should have done when she was younger, you know. And that, that, oh, fuck, I totally forgot. You know, and there's there's actually a scene where he, like, slaps her a couple of times. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I, it, yeah. But, um, and, like, the, the father's really impressed by him as well, which is fantastic. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, it, it just, he's really, 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 really charming. Um, and, um, oh God, the lady's name, is it Claudette? Claudette, um... Something? Oh, God. Claudette. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I mean, she plays a kind of a, like, ingenue, doesn't really know what the fuck she's doing kind of person really well. And I like how Gable 
it, it like the, the, there's this whole thing about the walls of Jericho in in the film and the walls of Jericho coming down and he keeps on mentioning it. he's like breaking down the walls of Jericho in, in terms of like communicating with her but it, it's it's the same the other way around as well like it's um the way that she breaks him down but quite subtly and there's I mean the scene where he's talking to the father and the father's just like yes but are you in love with her and he just goes goes off and like on a spiel yes but are you in love with her and then like at the end of he's just like yes but I'm a bit screwy too so you know what do I know and he just walks off and it, it, it's just it, it's it it the the way that his character is really, really, really sure of himself, but also acknowledges when, you know, there's something he's not quite uncomfortable with saying, but if somebody calls him on it, he'll just say yes. Uh, it, it's, it, I, I don't know, it was really well done. But, like, some of the side characters in this thing as well, like this guy Shapely, who um, tries to extort Clark Gable, and how that turns out is really, really well played. Um, it's just it feels like Capra just wanted to give like all the players something to do. Like mm. every, like every single speaking character in this film is memorable for some reason. And, um, I, I, I think that speaks a great deal for Capra. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, this was not long after silent films were kind of ceasing to be a thing, you know, and you've got this really, really talky thing with like, musical numbers and stuff and it's like great repartee between between the two and um yeah it's just a really nice easy watch um i believe it's one of the uh criterion blu-rays for the uk in the first wave i think it is yeah and um yeah i mean it looked really good in hd on movie so um if if you are gonna delve into criterion blu-ray i think it would be a really good one to go with i yeah i really enjoyed it cool yeah and um one one last thing that I didn't really enjoy. Um, I think I'm going to have a review going up on VOD Zilla uh, this week of this, but um, Ivan hasn't said whether he's actually going to publish it or not yet. Um, <laughs> so um, this is um, in the second wave of Fright Fest Presents films, which uh, come out tomorrow as we're recording this, so it'll be out now when you're uh, watching or listening to this. Um, here's How's this for a generic title? The unfolding. Oh. What's that about then? What's what is it actually about? Is it about just a guy unfolding shit? No, well, it'd be more interesting. Um, so, <laughs> but, well, those things, those things that you unfold, we have to pick a number and then you have to pick a color and then it decides. That, that would definitely you, be more interesting. Um, are you going to be bored that night? I'm going to spoil the unfolding. Go, go ahead. You don't ever need to watch it. So basically, it starts, and none of, nobody ever needs to watch the unfolding. <laughs> so it starts, and it's this couple going to this house because they want to, uh, like, there's some spooky shit going on. They want to see what's happening. So they set up, well, they apparently set up cameras around the house, even though, like, there seems to be a lot of characters, uh, cameras in all different positions. But then, so it's like, security camera stuff but then it cuts just traditionally filmed stuff and it's like so what's what's actually happening is it just a normal horror film but are you doing these security cameras and you know when it when it's the normal traditionally shot stuff you can't actually see the security cameras anywhere which bothered me um (laughs) um so um yeah they go to this house some weird shit's happening 
Um, but also, like on the radio and on TV, there is reports about the threat of nuclear war getting more so. Um, so the house seems to start possessing the the girl. Um, a few other characters come into it, like the what the guy's mate who's like a techie and some professor and a psychic come into it. But yeah, the house starts like possessing the girl. And even though the girl says like three or four times before that shit starts happening, look, I want to go now because creepy shit's happening. Is the guy's just like, no, just one more night, one more night. No, I want to go. Look, one more night. Oh, okay, one more night. No, no, just go, like go. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, and then it turns out that like basically the threat of nuclear war is bringing out psychic energy in the house that's like making sins of the past like manifest in like dark energy or something and then like it, it there's a, a guy like a ghost guy who did some bad things in the house and there's a seance and then he booms at one point i will never leave this house and that scares people and there's lots of jump scared noises and really, really bad acting. And then everybody gets killed by a nuclear bomb at the end. Oh. <laughs> you, yeah. you, watch, you watch this film for like an hour, 20, hour, 25 minutes, and a couple of people die, and then they, they go like running out of the house and being chased by some presents, and then a mushroom cloud appears in the background, and then everybody just dies. And that's the end. Oh. First time directed by any chance? Uh, yeah, first time he's ever written or directed anything, apparently. Um, it, it reminded me of that Eli Roth-produced um, film Aftershock. Ooh, where that's terrible. At, yeah, and like at the end of it, it's like this woman's been through a load of like traumatic stuff and she ends up on a beach and you know, a tsunami. Oh, tsunami. It's coming, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what... what what's the point like at least to have the thing that offs them be i suppose technically with aftershock it was connected but maybe mm. connected to any of the other characters over the last hour and a half this is just and the thing is you got these like they don't even bother actually doing tv reports it's like shots of people watching tv with it like just the noise <laughs> of, of like the reporting it's so it's so low budget and, I mean, fair, you know, fair enough. You can't really knock a film for being low budget. But it just, I don't get, I don't get why Frightfest are bothering putting their names, their, their name to this kind of stuff. I, I, I don't see what the commercial gain is. Like, this thing is not going to sell any copies. I think it's, it's, you know, it's barely going to be watched. Um it's just, it's really, really, really amateur stuff, which has nothing of interest whatsoever. I mean, there is nothing there to compel you. And if I, 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 I mean, if I didn't have to watch it for a review, I would have turned it off 15 minutes in. It, it, like, it just, there is nothing there. I, it was awful. It was awful. I mean, not like, not offensively bad, but just crap. Just shit. <laughs> like, there's just nothing to it. I mean, it would be more interesting if it was offensively bad. Um, I, I, 
and at that point, uh, one of our internet connections crapped out. Uh, we were pretty much done anyway. Uh, on the next show, we're going to be doing uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Uh, sorry about the uh, technical trouble. Bye-bye.